1: And now from beyond our dimension, this
0: is the Jeff Mara podcast. Here's Jeff.
1: My guest is Tina Thomas, who has previously been on to share her NDEs. And just two nights ago, she had another NDE, which we're going to talk about today. Tina, welcome back. And thanks for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: All right. I guess... We'll start on the evening that it happened and go from there.
0: Okay. Um, nothing unusual. Well, I've just been under a lot of stress lately, so went to bed. and the next thing I know, it uh, it feels like I passed through a bright white light. and I and I was slowly, descending like downward into pitch like pitch blackness and um whew, um my body i felt like i had i felt like i had my body at like this time i was connected to my body my my body was in the pose of jesus on the cross and i i felt like i was on a platform like thing and upright with my with my feet po- pointed down and it was like i was levitated on this platform that was slowly descending and on either side of me was everybody everybody and it's uh, so intense right here what i was what i was feeling i uh i i'm still feeling it um it's like a rumbling like uh and i can't remember what everybody looked like i didn't i don't remember seeing anyone that i know and i know like me coming back here like i was told i wasn't gonna remember a lot of the stuff um that happened or i was told which which is fine i'm okay with it um but ev- everything was was pitch black except for these forms these light forms and they were in a lot of different shapes and colors um it feels like like they were like Square designs and uh maybe like it kind of had like a where i was it felt like a jungle vibe like aztec or inca type vibe and um that's all i remember seeing was these like fluorescent neon colored forms and they were there was platforms descending down and standing on all these platforms descending down was everybody And it was like a parade. It wasn't like, like I've heard people say um, they were in a stadium and everyone they loved was around them. This was different. This was like, I was traveling past all these, everybody, just everybody. And it was a huge celebration. And I was so relieved. I was like, I'm home. Oh my God, it's finally over. I come home and, uh, I thought it was my homecoming celebration. And I was like, Oh yes. (laughs) Oh yes. And, uh, uh, but I could feel like all this love coming in here right here. And, uh, that's why my arms were back. It wasn't like I was Jesus. Uh, or I was, uh, nothing like ego here. Like I wasn't like, Oh, look at me. You know, it was like, Oh, they're filling me with love and I cannot, I cannot do anything, but take it. And, uh, Oh, um, and, uh, like my theme, my theme here, I thought, Oh, my life theme here was just forgiveness. Like I've got to learn how to forgive everybody. And that's every, like all the time when I've been, when I pray, you know, because I had so much hate and uh, so many bad feelings for, for the people who hurt me in this life and judgment, a lot of judgment. And, but that ended up turning on me and a lot of self hate and shame, like The other theme of my life was shame. And this parade was, it erased every bit of shame I have in me, every bit of it. Um, Because now I have like a perfect knowledge that I have done nothing here to be ashamed of. Everything that happened to me was supposed to happen. and I don't have to be ashamed of it. I can't be ashamed of it because I like I know that uh that it's it's not real. It, every thought that I have that would drum up shame, the truth about me is that parade. Uh and for what we're doing here, I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know what I'm doing here, but um, it's a lot more important than I thought. And everything I'm going through right now, um, I, like, I came to this knowing, like, I'm here. And I was born into this family, into this filthy environment um, with so much abuse and darkness and sadness and fear um to because it's been going on for generations in my family a lot of addiction a lot of abuse and trauma and codependency like every mental illness um a whole lot of um religious zealots in my family and um to be honest i was a religious zealot for years um and i was just everything that i was born to be like that way every kind of darkness and, and bad behavior and judgment, um, and self-righteousness. Um, but going through everything I went through and gathering all this shame has culminated to this point, it, it like woke me up to it. Like, oh my goodness, this is why I'm here to break this somebody in the family. And this is going to change the DNA in my, in my family line, past, present, and future. Um, And uh, I've got one family member who's joined me in recovery, my niece. So I'm not alone. And we're the two black sheep of the family, um, the scapegoats. (laughs) And uh, so I'm not alone, but. I have been feeling very alone here, Um, waking up to everything I have to do to change my life, basically start behaving completely different and educate myself how to do that, which i have like, I've joined so many support groups. I'm like Friday night's my only free night, basically. (laughs) And you're, you're my Saturday night support group. So, so God bless you. our community. I'm so grateful. So grateful.
1: Well, Tina, thank you for sharing that NDE experience with me. I kind of want to go back to the beginning and off the air, I believe you told me it was due to sleep apnea. And I don't think you kind of mentioned that during your experience today, but um, <clears throat> sleep apnea, I think is something you've been suffering with. And finally, I guess you just stop breathing and, and that's what happened. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, and I just had a test done almost a year ago um, where like I stopped breathing up to 12 times per hour, up to two minutes at a time. I've had this test done multiple times and I've been ordered um, like VPAP machines and CPAP machines, but something always happens Um, like they, they kept turning off my medical insurance and letting it lapse and my machine got repossessed and, um, now I've, since I've moved to Texas and I have a new doctor, they've done all new tests and they've ordered the machine, but that was like, oh, months ago, maybe like six months ago. And I'm still waiting for the machine. I have the prescription. It's been referred to a supply company so it's kind of interesting that uh I can't get a hold of one of these machines so Hmm. um I think I'm supposed to have this and it's it runs it also runs in my family um we have a um like a malformed underdeveloped esophagus and for me it's my mouth as well like the dentist has to use it's all—it's like really small. The dentist has to use the child size devices and tools to work on my teeth. Um, and all the girls in the family that have it have had like surgery to fix it. Like they put um, suspension systems in the tongue so like it holds the tongue back or forward when you sleep. What? Whatever. Anyway, so. Um, but I've—I've I've already had like twelve surgeries. I have um no desire for more
1: <laughs> sure i'm not quite clear on what you meant about you were in the same position as jesus you went through the tunnel and you went down through a tunnel and then i guess after that you found yourself on some type of platform and were you like jesus was on the cross is that what you yeah, mean yeah
0: that's the position i was in just wide open and like i felt a like a huge thunder I could feel the celebration in right here. I could feel all the love right here. And um, just not the knowing that shame has no basis in reality okay. at all. And it, and it, even though it'll still try to creep in, like uh, I've felt it trying to creep in. All I do is remember that. And it goes away mm. like that parade. You
1: know, you also said that everybody was there. Do you mean like everybody you know or like millions and billions of people? Yeah, everybody. It, it was a, a parade. Do you think that they <laughs> were all there celebrating you or was there yeah. something else going on?
0: No, that was it. And they were all focused on giving me love. Mm. Yeah. Lots of it.
1: And then then I think you said somebody or something told you, I think they were saying you have to go back.
0: Um, No, actually I woke up. I actually, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, got up and walked around, went to the bathroom and I was like, Oh, kind of like in a fog, but like, what's going on? You know, like, Oh, and then, uh, I went back to sleep and went right back into it and that's where I remember having a conversation hmm. with multiple there i had i had a one with me like a, a presence with me, but i ne- i don't remember seeing it or <clears throat> who it was it felt male like male energy um But I just, re- I know that they, be- because I have had issues with wanting to unalive myself or unlive my life, kind of, you know what I mean? Uh, and they didn't want me to come back from that and just desperately want to go back there. And I, and I, it felt like home to me. But I don't think I was in heaven. Like that wasn't heaven, that was someplace else. But I just had a knowing that this experience was, was for me to heal shame Hmm. and, um, that I had to come back and I, and I'm like, okay with it. I was okay with it. And when I woke up, I, I was crying, of course, like I was crying and shaken up, like literally like my body shook that whole day. Like my nervous system, some like had, had been overhauled or infiltrated by love, you know, uh. So yeah. And and I know that if, if I did see them, if I did see their faces and who they were, that memory of this experience was, was um, like erased for me here. Like I'm not being able to recall it because I would just want to go back and be with them. I love them and they love me so much. And, and I have, I was born into, you know, I was born into this world where nobody loved me enough to take care of me and protect me. Nobody.
1: So are you saying that they purposely erased your memory?
0: Yeah, Hmm. I know they did.
1: When you saw everybody around you, did you just see everybody as light beings or did they look more solid? And the people that you saw, were they recognizable?
0: Um. I know that they were but I cannot rec- I cannot recall them. Mm. All I recall is the the lights, the living color neon fluorescent looking lights. That's all I can really recall. Um and and when I when I first came in like and I feel like I passed through the, this bright white light to get into this um, and the tunnel felt square but when I passed through the this bright light i i don't know if um if like that turned me into bright white light because i felt like i was glowing like after i passed through that or if it stayed with me i'm not sure
1: <laughs> okay did you happen to pick up anything else with any of your other senses did you hear anything else besides conversations did you smell anything it
0: was a tremendous, like, symphony of music, like thunderous, thunderous celebration. And I felt it all here. I was just overcome by it, absolutely overcome by the sound of it.
1: Do you think you can describe a little more of the platform? My vision of the platform is like you're standing on some kind of back end of a building where they load trucks into or something.
0: Yeah, no, this was more like um uh maybe like something square like like a pallet but it's like made out of something solid like stone mm-hmm. like stone and i think you know i don't know it felt like we were being like and i wasn't standing directly on it i felt like i was levitated right above this this platform and like we were we were levitated by some kind of force down like down this. Um, it's like a corridor, more like a corridor than a tunnel.
1: Was it more like you were inside or outside of a building or something?
0: It, inside almost um, like when I meditated later, like I was meditating on it today. And um, what I saw was actually that it was a like a, a corridor, like a, a tunnel that goes, it's down somewhere inside the earth. That's what I saw. Um, and I didn't mean to meditate on it. I just sat down to relax and put the binary beats music on. And, um, I was going to do a clearing, like just, uh, of negative e- energy and entities and stuff like that. And then that, I just saw that and I was like, Oh, that's interesting.
1: <laughs> Since you've had NDEs before. How do you compare this one to that one? Not only in kind of what happened, but your processing of this.
0: Um, Well, this time, honestly, I didn't start talking about this stuff till about a year ago. It was just shoved way back on the back burner of my list of things to address in this life. Um, So... I wasn't really processing a whole lot of the other stuff that happened to me. Um, and I'm still processing it and, uh, integrating it. Um, and then when I, like when I watch other people share their stories, I find so much understanding of my experiences. It's very helpful. Um, so this time when I woke up from it, Like, I knew, like, um, all the side effects and things I might have and just to expect anything and not to freak out. Um, So, like, the first part of this day, um, I was experiencing, like, tremendous anxiety and burning right here. Just, just burning. And I'm just feeling it, you know, and, um, but... I, I I tend to isolate myself um, during these times, and this this time I got up and went out. Um, I actually went to a church, and I don't normally like go to church. I do once in a while, but uh, and I never w- go to Sunday school. But I just want I just needed to be around people, and um, all of the anxiety just calmed down just from going and being around people. Like it's I was having it a bit before we started talking. Now that we're talking, I'm like okay. You know, I'm feeling connection to my human brothers and sisters with you. So I feel okay now, but it's been an intense day, very intense. Um, so yeah, I'm ha and I'm having a lot of recall of, uh, of things that I've done that I've carried in my heart that I'm so sorry for that I can't repair, um, And then I'm just like taking it to the parade, you know, like it's, (laughs) it's okay. You know?
1: Now that you've just had this NDE, does it give you any new interpretation of your previous ones?
0: Well, I mean, it, it, as far as in the religious regard, it does because this just to come back and only have memories of this, it basically sounds or feels like, like a kind of like a psychedelic type of a trip. Um, Nothing religious, um, nothing Jesus or God. um, And it brought back to me my first real earnest prayer. I was almost 30 and I I hated my sister-in-law. And I was praying, God, just please take this from me. Please let me see her through your eyes and help me to forgive her. And, and that's, you know, soon after that is when I had the first, um, it, it uh, near death experience that really changed my life because, um, like I had been an uh, I had been a, a Mormon and I had been teaching Sunday school for four years and um, never, ever questioned it. And when I came out of that, I was done. I don't re- I don't know why. I never knew why. I never understood why I wasn't. I don't remember. Like, But I just came back and I was done. And um, but, you know, when I was I grew up being taught that we're the only ones who have a connection to God. We're the only ones who have the authority and power of God. We're the only ones here with the truth. And I had I had a very um, egotistic uh, view. I thought I was better than other people. Um, I only let my children play with other Mormon kids. I only bought my cars from, you know, Mormons. I only went to Mormon doctors, dentists, everything, all of it. I was, um, and I'm not saying every Mormon's like that. I was that way. I was, um, so I needed to be taken out of that in order to forgive and understand and see people I hated through the eyes of Christ. I had to be removed. That lens had to be taken away. I had to be able to perceive this world in a different way than what I did. Um, and that, and I prayed for that. I prayed, you know, I want to know God. And I, and I read somewhere in the Bible, like you, if you want to know me, give up all that you have to know me. And when I prayed for that, um, I prayed for that after I had that first NDE where I left, you know, my religion, I prayed for that. And, and like a knowingness came to me, like, you're going to be giving up your beliefs, too, in God and Jesus, everything. And um, so one of your guests was talking about you have to pass through total insanity when you're waking up and you're, be, you know, becoming actualized or enlightened or whatever. And, and I went there completely. I'm, I'm disabled for uh, PTSD and other ailments, you know, because of everything.
1: It sounds like one of the major themes to this n d e was about shame. Do you feel like you've resolved shame in your life now?
0: Oh yes, yes, and it's a tool um they've been giving me a lot of tools, so this tool, like whenever I feel less than someone else or um better than someone else because i'm i'm not I'm not the only one in that parade and i think that parade is is a reality for all of us here like i'm not the special one but that was my special time to experience it um but i think it's everybody's truth here that uh shame has no place in uh true reality
1: since you've been meditating recently Is this NDE completely different from meditating and out of body traveling?
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because it's every sense you have and then some. I don't know what all the senses are over there, but it's you can't you cannot go there and experience that love and not know you can't come back here and question it. There's just no way. And then to come back different like this is this is my tool whenever my mind goes to shame I all I have to do is recall this and I'll be taken right back to love um, and that and that's kind of like like I've started to read the Bible because I want I want to uncode my mind and there it's talking about false idols and um, meditating on this I'm being told that these thoughts and these judgments we have of ourselves and others, whether they're good or bad, because we tend to worship other people too. It's all fi- false idols and we're in our brain chatter around all this crap is distracting us and disconnecting us from love. So whenever my mind tends to go there, I all I have to do is remember this parade and I can disconnect from that false reality. Cause it's not real. It doesn't matter what people are doing here or the, all the fear um none of that's based in reality. The reality is love. Um
1: So that's you're saying it. so you're saying the reality here on earth is false reality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well when we go over there all of us experience the truth and the truth is love. You know, so when we come back here it's so depressing because nobody knows the truth.
1: Did it feel more real over there than here?
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but this is, this is, uh, this is real too. Um, But all of our judgments and hate and our need to control um, and our need to, you know, push others away and isolate all the stuff that we're doing to implode ourselves emotionally, like destroy ourselves spiritually. Um, you know, and that's the only good thing about the internet and these devices is it's giving us a chance to talk to each other about this and keep this conversation going.
1: I know it's only been a couple days, but, Have you changed it all from this NDE? And if so, how?
0: Oh, yes. Um, I'm just calm. Like, for once, I know, like, I'm supposed to be here. And everything that's happened was supposed to happen. And everything that's going to happen is supposed to happen. And I'm here to experience it. I don't have to try to change it, manipulate it, judge it. Basically this gave me the perception to see things the way they are so that every, every moment I'm knowing, like, I can live the golden rule right now. Like, like, I'm going to let you be you. I'm going to let me be me. I'm not going to judge myself for, for how I feel, or, you know, I'm going to listen. I'm listening to my body when it it's also speaking to me all the time. And I, and I hear it now. I didn't used to hear it, but I've got a tremendous sense of, of calmness about being here that I didn't have before. I was just like, ah, damn, you know, I'm just doing my time here waiting to die because it hasn't been a pleasant experience, (laughs) Mm. you know, but I'm, I feel, I feel a totally different. So I have a different perception.
1: Do you feel now that you have a purpose for being here? And if so, have you discovered it?
0: Yes, it's to it is to break these chains and and start a new family legacy that isn't abuse, that isn't trauma and shame and blame and all the side effects. Um and I know that there's other things, other life purposes that I'm that I'm gonna do, but this is it right now, and I'm not to worry about any of that other stuff. Um I'm like, I think of myself a lot like Daniel Brinkley, like I am the bottom of the barrel uh, God was scraping. Um, so, but I don't feel that way like this time. I'm like, wow, none none of us, none of us are the bottom of the barrel and all of us are the bottom of the barrel both. It, there's just no judgment about what we're doing here.
1: Do you fear death at all? No.
0: No, I fear coming back here. Like every, you, usually every time I get back here, I I go through tremendous anxiety and uh, like, oh God, you know what am I supposed to do here? I just want to get back there. <laughs> but this time I'm I'm okay. Like,
1: it's uh, only been one full night since it. Did you, did you sleep okay? Like, for example, what I want to know is, is your sleep apnea any better?
0: Oh, no. I mean, it's the same, um, but I don't know when I'm having it. Mm. Um, but like the next day when I was talking to you, like when I have really bad sleep apnea, I'm just super exhausted from from it. And yesterday was like that. So I have days where I'm just completely exhausted and um, feels like I'm walking through molasses just just to go in the other room.
1: It would be amazing if you got cured of it this time.
0: Yeah. Well, like like I said, I thought maybe I'm supposed to have this so I so I could check in because um it, my life experience I'm realizing isn't everyone's. Like mine is super extreme as far as the abuse I've gone through and the spiritual side too, like extreme spiritual um transformative experiences that I'm realizing not everybody's having these. I never talked about them and I just assumed nobody else was talking about theirs, but not everybody's having them. Um, And then, and and it's constantly something. Um, And even on like just medical stuff, you know, I've had extreme traumas that way too. Like um, they they had to take body parts out of me and set them on my chest and massage them while they were hemorrhaging. And I'm being held down because there wasn't time for pain medicine, and I'm threatening these nurses' lives. Like, let me bleed out for the love of God! Why would you do this to me? I'm in so much pain, you know this kind of stuff, and it's con- it's been constant. It's been nonstop something, and then dealing with my own side effects, you know, of all the behavior issues and all the. Um, like I, the logic part of my brain is damaged. I, I have very little um, I, I can't figure out things that require the logic part of the brain, but on the language and linguistics or whatever I test on the genius level, you know, high, above average intelligence on that. but um, so just dealing with all these things and then my um, the constant trying to um, take myself, back home, you know, attempts. And um, so it's a lot, you know, I, and if I told, if I told someone all of this stuff, they would just have a hard time believing, like, you know, but, um, but the way I'm seeing it and understanding it was, um, you know, once, once you're born into this and you experience all this trauma, you're like stuck in a loop and you can't get out and you gravitate towards people in situations who continue that cycle of trauma and abuse. And and I didn't recognize it until um, my experience of being abducted. And then I finally saw it. Like after I survived that, I was like, holy crap, I stopped everything. And that was like six years ago. I stopped dating um, and making friends and I just kept to myself until I got all the, like, I've been doing EMDR therapy all this time and um, reading lots of self-help, educating myself, listening to podcasts, praying, praying, meditating, you know, so it's, it's been a process.
1: Well, hopefully you won't have the desire to end your life anymore. No. Did you feel There's like There's
0: no such thing. <laughs> I'll just have to continue it somewhere else.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. There is no ending because we There's live forever, no right? There's no such
0: thing. I know this.
1: <laughs> that, you, just
0: you know, and that's what healed me from depression was all the, all those attempts. And the last time, um, like I took a bottle of pres- like a prescription with a bottle of alcohol and mm-hmm. I went out on my deck in the dead of winter in the middle of a, a blizzard and laid down And the next thing I know, I'm, my landlady had come and gotten me and she took me in her house and was doing like Reiki on me. And I was on her bed and she was doing this energy healing on me. And she said, I know what you did. And I was just blown away. I'm like, God, really? Are you kidding me? I'm so done with this crap. Like there's nothing I can do to die here I'm stuck here so I might as well deal with it and the depression went away I got bored of trying to end it I was just I, and then I was like god Tina really like if, if if I even get a get thoughts like that I'm just annoyed at it you know but mm-hmm. this this last little while here like before this last NDE I have been there um and as soon as I went there really really deep you know um i remembered everything i've been doing here all these classes all this learning and i thought why not just change your life you're gonna have to change it wherever you go this is it's not gonna be over why don't you just stop you know and um god that was around easter and i haven't you know i would have uh drinks on, on my Friday nights. And those nights, I, that's when I would get depressed. And so I thought, you know, I'm not going to have my Friday night drinks. You know, I've, I've got to find something else to do besides that. And uh, not take myself to these places in my mind where I want to end it all. But it's been years since I have. And it, and I think that's why this indie came because I, it's been a very intense experience this, these past few months and ev- like I told you everything and I everything changed after I started listening to those binary beats music. Oh good you know that you you're like, hey, listen to this So yeah, yeah everything started changing around there.
1: Oh that's great yeah. I don't know how many podcasts you've listened to, but I've had enough podcasts with different people that all say ending your life is a terrible idea you're still you're you still have the same problems on the other side if not it even makes it mm-hmm. worse and and or you're yeah one guest even told me you're forced to come back and live the same life over again so it's never yeah a good idea you've got
0: to, to complete it it's the multiverse you're not you're you're not going anywhere You've yeah. just got to complete it. And that was what we agreed to before we entered, I think. Mm, yeah. You know, I don't remember agreeing to it, but I know I did. <laughs>
1: yeah, so that's, well, yeah, so, maybe we so all we did.
0: did. We, we just have, like, those of us who are susceptible to this, we have to keep our minds sober. Because when you're um, inebriated in any way, you can't think straight and remember what you know. You just right. kind of go to the dark side, and and you're at risk of really hurting yourself, you know, that way. Right. So
1: obviously, alcohol is a depressant, anyways, mm-hmm. chemically. So mm-hmm. one of my guests had a great statement that you cannot completely heal until you're sober. Yes. Yes. It's.
0: I believe it.
1: So I'm glad that you're not. You don't have any of those intentions anymore. And and um, no. like I said before, the those nobody should ever have those intentions
0: yeah well and and I think that we just have to constantly work on keeping our vibration up you know and that's why I was like I felt so bogged down by that anxiety this afternoon after I came home from church I'm like I gotta lay down and clear clear this energy mm-hmm. if it's me or if it's things that have attached to me they're they're around me or whatever um but that's something I like, while I was doing it, I was like, this is so easy to do. Why not why not do it more often? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I have a little process I do. And, um, I learned it from a therapist that, uh, helped me early in my awakening, like right after I left the church. So, um, he helped me deprogram and taught me how to you know, clear your house, clear your body of these entities and stuff like that. Cause I believe they do attach to us mm. for whatever reason. I don't know what they are, but they do. And they can bog us down too.
1: After your previous NDEs, how long did it take you to process those? And how long do you think it will take to process this one?
0: Oh, I don't know. Maybe they're processing me. Um It, it feels like the, the dark, the dark one where I was sealed in darkness for a thousand years, that took the longest to, uh, process. Um, I was angry about it and I was angry at God. And then I just decided God isn't real because who would leave someone there like that for that amount of time? Um, But I think I was supposed to go through that, too. Hmm. Anna, I think that was, I think, I think all of us have a really dark part of us. When we talk about sending, you know, spirits who are locked or tied up or bound here into the light like helping them into the light. I think there's part of me that is like that. And I think that's what was in there. And, um, and she had to be coaxed <laughs> into the light somehow. Um, and you, you recently had a guest who said, you know, when you die, you die just the way that you are. Um, And that's, that's kind of where I was at when that happened to me. My life was broken down. I was, I had just gotten divorced. Um, I was in spiritual crisis. I, I didn't, I didn't have anything to hold on to. Um, And uh, that's just kind of where I stayed. Um, And that, and that took a long time. I'm processing it with this um, NDE. Like I've been thinking about it a lot, Um, and uh, you know, if if we if we are living multiple lives, some of them are not pleasant, and some of them might be trapped in darkness somehow, some way. Um, And I think that's why the Native Americans do soul retrievals you know, um, but I fully experienced what it's like to be trapped in, in, a darkness. It never occurred to me in there to call out for Jesus or to call out for God to deliver me when it had, and as you know, like all the other experiences where I had darkness, um, attacking me, that's what I would do, you know, but, um, and I've heard, from other people who've experienced stuff kind of like me is that these, these dark attacks where, you know, like I've been attacked by demons and and stuff like that in my experience here. And um, I don't know how, how, you know, some of it might be the dark parts of me, you know, coming to wake up and be a catalyst to bring the light out in me. Um, but I I remember like the last time that these, these demons came because they would come wake me up out of a dead sleep. I would wake up and these creepy looking things would be standing next to my bed or, you know, one was floating over me, but this thing was, had come in my room and it was headless with a black cape. And I said, what the F are you supposed to be, the headless horseman? Oh, I'm so scared. And it and like, <laughs> if it had a head, it would have hung and it like its shoulders slouched and it turned around and walked out of my room. And those, those things didn't bother me anymore. I, like they didn't scare me anymore. They used to terrify me though, honestly, it scared the crap out of me.
1: I've had a couple guests say that we even plan our NDEs. I yeah, guess that means, absolutely. I guess they're they referring to that in pre-birth. Do you think that's true?
0: I do. Yeah. I I don't think I could get through, through this part of my life without this. It's like the next step in my healing. Um, And a couple of months ago, um, I had another experience um it was it it was a lucid dream um where I was in a place that was like glowing like golden and brown amber kind of colors and I saw this mirror like an IMAX movie theater size mirror and the image the image of Jesus's face was there just his face filled the whole mirror and um and it went like this and split in two and then tilted and there was another mirror here and it created like this optical illusion. I don't know if you've ever seen mirrors like that. Like if you look in it, your image will go on forever. Mm -hmm. And that's what the image of Jesus did. And then when I came out of that experience, when I woke up the next day, um, yeah, I was in your, you know, Jesus, God, loved Nirvana, whatever you want to call it. Um, because that was a tool. Um, any anytime I get frustrated, because I, I deal with um, like easy, being easily frustrated and um, easily triggered and things like that. And so when it, when things would happen during the day, all all I had to do was think back to that and be like, "This is what I'm here to do. Um, this is my meditation. I'm learning how to." Be the peace in the storm. The storm's never going away. It's not. <laughs> hmm. But I'm the only thing here that can decide to be peace and be at peace and bring peace to every situation, every relationship, every experience. I can be the peace. And um, I got in, right after that, I got into studying Stoicism. Um, which brought me to a place where I'm like, I feel really neutral inside myself. Like I'm not um, reacting like I was because I'm perceiving things differently. Like, especially things that are out of our control. We, we waste so much time and energy being anxious and planning and trying to fix and manipulate and make things go our way. When, when the freedom is letting go, the peace is just letting it be. You know, we're not in control of anything here. We want to be, you know, and everything in consumerism is like geared towards us trying to control how we look, how we smell and, you know, (laughs) just making ourselves what we're not.
1: After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and talk to you or ask you questions. Are you open to that? And if so, how should they reach you?
0: I'm on... Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm think, I think I'm at root R O O T is in Tom. And then it's lady spelt L A Y D at gmail.com. And, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really on social media a whole lot, but I check in there, um, here and there. And my email, of course,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, root lady at gmail.com. Um,
1: Since you've both had NDEs and a lucid dream, can you tell us what the difference is in experience between the two?
0: Yeah. Well, there's, there's full consciousness in the NDE. You have full awareness of everything. You have a full knowledge of all things in lucid dreaming. It's more like, uh, um, like one of them I had recently. um, I know I went into a different realm of colors where um, they were all mixed together and constantly moving. And it was like the sky, the sun, the ocean, and these beings were there to give me a color bath. Um, but I didn't know why I didn't know what it was going to do. I didn't know who they were. I couldn't remember much after I woke up from it. Uh, but the indie that I just had a couple nights ago, when I went there, I knew I was home. I knew why I was there. And when I came back, I had a, I have a clear sense of knowing, hmm. like fully conscious experience.
1: All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message?
0: I love you. If nobody else here in this world loves you, I love you. And I'm so grateful that you're here with me, sharing this experience with me. I couldn't be here without you. None of us could be here without you. Um and it's that way on the other side, too. I just want you to know, all of you, that I love you. That's and a, I know the truth about you. You love me, too. And I don't care if you don't believe it. I believe it.
1: <laughs> that's a great message. And and before I go, since you're in DE, do you have that feeling now that you just love everybody?
0: Yeah, I feel it. Because everybody loved me. Mm-hmm. So, if like, I, like, I've been experiencing bullies in my neighborhood, like, This gang of old ladies, man, they've been making my life rough. But now I know they love me. They just don't remember.
1: Some of my guests, I believe, would say like if they went to the store, they would just feel like they loved everybody in the store. I'm not sure if you've been out of your house, but if you have, have you had that same feeling?
0: Yeah, that's why I went to church. I just want to be around everybody, you Mm. know?
1: That's great. All right, Tina. Well, thank you so much for coming and sharing with us again. I appreciate you and have a great rest of your evening.
0: You too, Jeff. Thank you. God bless you and your house. Thank Thank you for all the work you do.
1: Thank you and God bless you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast.